This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to another Waterfall Wednesday on the full stale... Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> good thing the professional is back. Let's just take Let's take it. Let's just do it. Let's take a, it. That's have, one take, Nick Johnson. One, one take, one take, Nick. Actually, I thought uh, I was going to introduce a special guest today. Uh, the one and only Dale Luganville, Scott Adam. That's your Scott that's, Adam. That's your new you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see on Joe's? So there's a guy out uh, impersonating me on Facebook. I'm not impersonating me. His name is Scott Adam. Right. Just using so his your likeness. Can you believe it? He, He's using my very handsome photos to rip people off for money. It's crazy, dude. And uh, he he got somebody for two hundred and fifty bucks, apparently. Damn. Yeah, Joe. Sh- uh, I guess somebody shared it with Joe because Joe's in I think one of the pictures or something. And he said, "Um, what's going on with this account? Do you know anything about this guy?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not Nick J." Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I saw. Him. I saw a post. Joe texted me today. He said, yeah, so, and the guy actually responded back to the messages, which oh, I thought crazy. was fascinating. So all I can see from the screenshot that Joe sent me is a chat with Scott Adam, and it says, but I used it for my wife's health. And this is what Scott said. And the guy wrote back a couple of, like, confused emojis, figured out, bud. Patients spend money on something that you haven't even gave the guy he paid the money for the product yet. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of stroked out trying to read that, too. 
And then uh, he says, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable about all this. <laughs> like, uncomfortable <laughs> about you, him about robbing you the guy? Scammed. I don't want you to feel weird. <laughs> and then he goes, well, I do, bud. I just need my money back. Fuck you, guy. You're a piece of shit. He goes, I'm not, buddy. <laughs> uh, I like how both of them are calling each other bud. Yeah, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> this is all fake. Your profile's fake. Your fake-ass wife is fake. You fake bitch. Well, man, I am assume a bunch of people must have reported him, so I went on Facebook to report him and, you know, clicked on his name, found found his thing, and then, you know, it shows... Before you go to his, like, page page, when you do a search, it, like, brings up stuff he's, like, posted or he's tagged in. There was, like, a Missouri Waterfaller page or whatever, and he's on there. He's got a whole list of shit for sale. Really? Like, yeah, I... Um... Your picture. So I, I just went on there, and, you know, I said, hey, you guys got a... You got a, you got a scammer in, in your midst. And, and he said, yeah, we reported it and blocked him. So it's like, sweet. And I've searched for him a couple times. In fact, I'm doing it right now. Scott, Adam... Um, and I don't see anything. Well, eventually, I, I assume a ton of people had to have reported right. him, and Facebook would have taken it down. Um, a bunch of people did report him, and I got an email from Facebook saying, okay, let me see here. A friend rep- reported a profile they think is pretending to be you. I got that email a couple times, and then... They said, "We don't think it. We don't think that person's pretending to be you, and we're not going to take down." The, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so they they said they weren't going to take down the profile. This that blows okay, my all right, mind, yeah. dude. Hi, Nick. We reviewed the profile your friend reported and found that it isn't pretending to be you and doesn't go against our community standards. Note. If you see something on someone's profile that shouldn't be on Facebook, be sure to report the context, a photo or a video, not the entire profile. (laughs) Thanks. The Facebook team. Wow. Wow. All right. They're really looking out for us. And I've gotten that message a couple more times that they just said, maybe just one more time, that somebody reported them or whatever. But anyways, uh, don't buy anything... (laughs) <laughs> from Scott Adam Scott. with my pictures on <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, how's it feel? Somebody somebody actually stole your likeness. Like, Hi. what do you think the process was? Like, do you think he just like clicked the first like profile that had you know people you may know or something and had a bunch of hunting pictures? Like, yeah, this guy will work. Or was he like, no, not I that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Ooh, I want to be maybe that guy. It could be. It has to be somebody who is at least aware of waterfowl culture and knows that they could like rip people off by selling quote unquote waterfowl gear online because waterfowl hunters are kind of a trusting group of people amongst one another. They really are. I'm guilty of this myself. Like, I'm going to Squad Fest with two total strangers this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this guy uh, is, ha, that I've been talking to since like May, he's been sending me uh, um, contest routines. His name's Zeth, and uh, I was starting to like wonder, or, like look at hotels and gas for getting down to Squad Fest. I'm like, oh God, I'm unemployed. This is I can't do this by myself. And I'm like, well, who do I know that's going? Everybody's going to David Goose's wedding. 
like, well, I'll just reach out to Zeth. He says he's doing the novice contest, and bam, carpooling with strangers. Nice, perfect. You're only kind you ever... of strangers, though. Yeah, well, we're all trusting. We're a trusting group of uh, people with each other, you know. Back in the day, before the days of Facebook, when we had uh, you know Minnesota Waterfallers Forum, uh, dude, we used to organize group hunts all the time. You just right hook up with randos. It was fun. I've I've done that quite a bit. Too. I met Austin DeLuna that way. I met him. Just hook. He was a rando that actually reached out on Facebook. Almost all of my hunting buddies, like as of today, are like met on Minnesota Waterfaller. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, oddly enough. So yeah, it's weird. It's bizarre. But I am going to uh, Squad Fest this weekend, which cool. is. The Dive Bomb Industries annual like vendor show and event. It's the second annual one. Last year was a lot of fun. Went with Joe and uh, Austin DeLuna. Joe's not going this year. It's David Goose's birthday. Did I say birthday? I birthday, meant wedding. Wedding, yeah. Yeah. It's his wedding. So anyways. Well, he's, uh, he's being reborn as a, as a married man. So it's well, kind of a that, birthday. Yeah, exactly. It's something to celebrate. It never goes wrong. <laughs> good luck good luck to them they, they, they seem like a, they seem like a lovely couple dude yeah david goose is awesome oh dude he's he's the best i love him okay so squad fest 2022 july 15th and 16th which is a friday saturday that's weird ain't it hmm. i think they're doing all the novice contests on the 15th but anyways, it's at 370 Lakeside Park in St. Peter's, Missouri. There's a calling contest, a vendor fair, dog events, and Rut Daniels. And Rut Daniels. To- <laughs> Didn't go 20. <laughs> There's a cornhole tournament, live music by Murphy 500, and food and drink. Murphy 500 yeah. is a uh, pretty cool band. They got Justin Easton is the uh, singer, but he is a fucking crazy good goose caller. Really? Yeah, so uh, maybe he'll be competing in the Open Goose and then doing a concert. They got some good music, too. Like, That'd be dope. Somebody else had him. I think Foils Contest hired Murphy 500 for uh, one of his events back in the day. And, uh, yeah, they're a good band. All right, well, you, your, your homework while you're down there is to get that guy and Rut Daniels to get on the podcast. What, what's so cool about Rut Daniels? He's funny. And you think so? And he's well known. Yeah, this stuff's funny. People know him. He'd be a good guest. Like how he came up with the, you know, not for Waterfall Wednesday, perhaps, you know, in particular, just as up for, you know, regular full scale outdoors. Bro, this is guests. all I do. So. I don't do no podcast about up. nothing but this. I know. Rook Daniels, I'm going to see. This guy has a quarter of a million followers on Instagram. I know. He's, he's, That's, big, he's big time. That's doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who he for is, having, right? For you, having, are, no. are you familiar with this stuff? Oh, he has like all these hunting and fishing little comedy bits and his got you know, his catchphrase is like didn't go twenty. He's got he's a yeah, he's a didn't, goofball. Yeah, That's it funny. says Rut Rut Daniels public figure didn't go twenty. What does didn't go twenty mean? So after you shoot something like a deer, you know, if you really smoke a deer or a goose or whatever, didn't go 20 yards. He's like, didn't go 20. Okay. That's All his right. little catchphrase, yeah. No, he's pretty funny. 
yeah, it looks like he's got pr a pretty good fit following. Probably just started out with a joke between friends. I think that's exactly it. And I was on Vine. <laughs> I was on Vine or like TikTok. No, it was before. I think he got big. Yeah, way before TikTok. And he that's was just funny. doing little bits on Facebook or whatever you'd see him. And yeah, he was just, you know, it's just, uh, it's outdoors comedy, you know, hunting and fishing comedies. And now he's uh, probably getting paid for appearances. Oh, making merch and all sorts of shit. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's going way better than like. Whatever I'm doing. Yeah, whatever this is. <laughs> whatever this is. <laughs> Fucking way to go, Rod Daniels. Fuck. <laughs> yep. So yeah, get the get the, like the whoever's the lead guy of that band and uh, and Rod Daniels. Just, get him on the Justin show. Easton. He's been doing contests for a really long time. I'm pretty sure he's either like won some big ones or at least been really high up like against a bunch of really good competitors. Like he's a very good goose caller. If I wasn't heading in the entire opposite direction, going to northern Minnesota this weekend and all next week, I'd I would be half tempted to just to say F it. I'm going down what there are you doing? Too. Scouting for early goose? No, I'm going uh, fishing. <laughs> fishing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if any if anybody's going to Squad Fest, I'll be in the uh Pacific Calls booth both Friday and Saturday. And uh Bring your call by to get tuned or uh, come by to talk about some bird nerd stuff or um, that should be the episode next week. You should just do it with the uh, Pacific uh, Pacific boys. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I'll bring my equipment with. Yeah, do that. That'd be sweet. And um, they're uh, right now as we speak, they are burning some midnight oil and cranking out some prototypes. Nice. Not really prototypes. They're cranking out the pro, like uh, the a real production of a prototype that I used all last season. That's pretty. It'll cool. be the Nick Johnson. Okay, so that's the larger the, the, model you're working yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. the 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 one we came out with last year is four and a quarter inches in length. This one is four point six inches in length. Ayo. Yeah, we call it the life size. <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i call it the light it just feels so natural in, in my deal. hand <laughs> are you supposed to use it like a shake weight or is that just muscle memory <laughs> that's just muscle memory you know with goose calling muscle memory is one of your number one enemies <laughs> yeah it is i was just having this conversation with my buddy ethan uh, yesterday about he's like oh my god it's right around the corner i'm like yeah i really need to and he's actually a pretty good caller and i'm not he's actually was thinking about getting in the he was gonna do some contest maybe he was thinking about it but i'm like yeah i mean i i gotta unlearn my bad habits i really should just like step one of your you know, all the goose step goose tech app and just work my way up and try to forget everything i've taught myself wrong to do i don't tell anybody to forget anything ever no I thought it was funny when I first went through your program that, you know, we did that podcast. It's like everything went well, and then you're like, okay, do this. And like, I couldn't do it. And he's like, wait, but you could make it break over already. This doesn't make any sense. Right. No, a lot of times it's just it's a different way of – if you can do a cluck, you can do everything on a goose call. The goose call only makes two distinctive sounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's the sound before the breakover, a sound after the breakover, 
and that's it. Yeah. Like the reed, the reed only vibrates in two ways. So if you can do a cluck, you successfully successfully made every sound the goose call can possibly make. It's just it's putting just... them in different orders. <laughs> yeah. At will. It's yeah, at, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Learning how to control it and like basically it's like a pressure valve. When you get when you blow into a goose call, it pushes back on you with back pressure. When you snap the reed over, it doesn't have back pressure anymore because it's almost like a release valve opens. So a goose call is just a pressure release valve. And getting good at a goose call is basically getting good at manipulating the pressure release valve open to closed. You just you went way too technical. You think so? You I think me. that's a good way I mean, to describe really, it. But I get what you're saying what <laughs> exactly that's where my brain went so you're like <laughs> pressure this and this you got the print just stick with a you can make the goose noises <laughs> you can everybody can if you can make a clock and, and it's just a, just expanding on it from that like expanding your understanding of what a goose call does and expanding like your knowledge of what how, what you're supposed to practice so here's another thing that um we can talk since we're talking about uh goose calling so when I was talking to my buddy, and we're, you know, and I'm watching these geese all day that just hang out here, and it's interesting to see, you know, just studying their behavior and how quiet they are most of the time. Right. And you know, they really only chime in when somebody else flies by, and nobody's really flying right now, so it's been really, really, really quiet. <laughs> right. It's almost almost like. Unless you get a thousand fucking geese in one place, it seems like there's always noise em like emanating from that group. But like, yeah, you watch like two hundred geese or one hundred fifty geese feeding out in a wheat field, and there's not a lot of noises going on be beyond the like the yeah the dad noises or whatever. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's takeoff and landing where geese make the most amount of noise. Yeah, that's just jockeying for field position. You know, and that's that's much. why sometimes guys fuck up because you get a you know there's the old uh, you know if the if the geese are doing it that just don't you don't have to touch your call like okay that's true sometimes but right. it's weird when geese come in and there's no noise like when they're all about to land amongst their buddies. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just goes quiet, like, and they're the only ones calling and nothing's calling back. <laughs> because to, like, that's kind of the thing is that they're not buddies. <laughs> they're yelling at each other like, hey, I'm going to go here. No, you're not. This is my core. Yeah. Well, I'm coming for here whatever, anyways. <laughs> for like, whatever oh. reason, they're all, like, at that moment when geese are landing with other geese, they're all basically, like, head up. If, the, if any action is going on near them, it's head up barking at each other. Right. And... If that doesn't happen, sometimes I feel like, yeah, the first couple geese still come in, but those ones that are, like, further back are like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? Sure. They're like, why was that so quiet? <laughs> this is weird. And, I mean, this isn't, like, a 100% thing all the time. Like, sometimes you do see, like, five geese land with ten geese, and they're just like, Rrr. they don't really make much noise. But I'm just saying, generally, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sounding off going on, usually, when a flock lands with another flock. And I can tell like as i bring up my excitability as a flock is landing it definitely encourages the rest of the flock to follow suit mm -hmm. yeah you kind of as they're coming in you pick up the tempo a little bit get a little more excited right and then kind of back you know if they look like they're kind of committing then you can kind of tone it down a little bit because you kind of hear that 
ebb and flow of the language, you know, when geese are yapping at each other. It's like once they kind of come to an agreement, okay, you're landing there, I'm going to stay here, then it kind of does die, die down a little bit. Right, right. But which makes – so then transferring that to like when you're doing a molt migrator hunt, which I find weird is that, you know, in theory then – if there's no geese coming into the spread, why would you be making a shit ton of noise? Because generally geese feeding on the ground aren't really making that much noise. But we're well, I think when they scream other... at those molts to get them to come I, down, you know? I think when the like geese are on the ground and they hear another flock, they just reflexively bark back. It's like it's a survival thing. Like it's 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 almost like a dog that howls. You know, like if you get so your buddy's dog, you can be like, Oh and sure. it doesn't fucking it does not control it. It doesn't know why it does it, but its eyes roll backwards in its head, and it... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's just not something that the dog, like, um, made a decision to do. Like, it just howls when another thing howls, right? Right. And I think some there's some of that with geese. Like, you're just sitting there, you're a goose, you're just munching away at some grass, you're sitting in a little pond, and you hear in the air... You hear like a little goose or a, a goose in the distance, and you're just gonna put your head up and listen for it. Bloop! You hear it again, like ah, yep. Bloop! Bloop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And pretty soon, all your buddies are doing it too. Like it's just like I, I, I kind of feel like it's like coyotes howling at each other or wolves howling at sure. each other. Yeah, like they just they don't. When they hear it, they respond. Makes sense. Not, not like a decision to do it. It just, it just, their eyes roll backwards in their head and they do it. And I just do like think that dog. I do think they're more uh, visual than we give them credit for too. So I'm not sure if I've told you this, but there is like, I was out fishing and there I was on this lake and there's a pair of geese and they're just all of a sudden out of nowhere, they just start going off, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what they're going off about. There is no other geese anywhere in the vicinity. Well, this goose finally takes off. One of them does and literally flies all the way across the lake. And it wasn't a little lake. Like, I saw him go all the way. And he started shit with a goose way up, like, freaking half mile away. And so he, like, saw him in the distance and then was like, you know what? I'm going to go fuck with Yeah, him. so I wonder, like, if they were head bobbing. You know, the birds, they can see pretty good. And they got that white cheek patch. I wonder if there wasn't some sort of, like, body language going on. It's like, you know what? I am going to go fuck that guy up. <laughs> right. No, I think you could be onto something there, too. Because I think there's something <clears throat> when it comes to waterfowl and the color white is... um, Is there visual aid? Like, ducks. Obviously, ducks got the... Um, white underside of their wing, all species, mm-hmm. all sexes, right? Well, let's, with geese, they all do have one characteristic white spot, and that's the horseshoe on their tail feathers, just above their tail feathers, between their tail feathers and their back. They do have that that white horseshoe. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. And I can't think, I might be wrong, but I can't think of any species of goose that does not have that, or a white, come to think of it, it's hard, any to, species, it's hard to see does, it on a snow goose. Does any species... Yes, you're right. <laughs> but the color white is still important yes. to a snow goose. Right, right. No. For for visual. So, In fact, I think maybe all geese have a white rump, too. It might be a white rump and a white horseshoe. I'm pretty sure it is. Hmm. But with the Canada goose, they have that white cheek patch, right? Mm-hmm. And what do they do when they are looking to get like visual attention from other birds from a distance? And they're the head bob, and they do that head shake thing. The, the he- yeah. Exactly right. The head bob yeah. and the head shake. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that create? 
it creates a black white flash. Right. So it's not huge. It's not as big as. It's not as big as like a duck wing, but it is a flicker, 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 flicker. Like, hey, look over here, motherfucker. Like, I'm the one trying. You know what I mean? So instead of a flag, you should just have like a head and wiggle it around. Uh, you're kind of getting a little bit too <laughs> close to my prototype designs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think there are visual cues like that. And I wonder about the white rump and the white horseshoe. Like, uh, if you now if you look at a flock of geese flying from above, man, those white horseshoes stick out. So it's... um, There's something interesting with that to be said, too. I think the rump and the horseshoe. Because once, once they land... And they tuck their feathers, their wings are not expanded. They are tucked into their backs. Um, the horseshoe disappears. And sure. the rump is pretty much hidden from the top view. Yep. I don't know. It, I don't know just, I'm sure there's something to it, for sure. So, just theorizing. Yeah. I mean, this is all the kind of stuff that I pay attention to. And and since that happened to me, like I've, I see it happen. So it definitely wasn't a one-off. So these geese are non-verbally communicating at right. great distances. They're seeing each other right. somehow. And, but I think th- I still think the sound is really the the deal seal the deal sealer. And also <laughs> I um like when you get to, uh, some geese that are more visible like snow geese, they don't have quite as good or as quite as uh, a distinctive a voice as the more earth tone geese mm-hmm. like a, a snow goose is just like rah, rah. you know they bark they got mm-hmm. that but it's not it's not like a canada goose or a speckle belly goose that really snaps through the air with that high-pitched crack where you got a more earth tone bird their voice does carry further than a snow goose it seems like their voice is more important it's possible I mean, Man, we're we're just talking shit. Yeah, the only the only other uh, visual thing like that I've read about is with the Ross goose and those warts they get, the caruncles as they're called. Right, and but that's not ones. for a long distance yeah. thing. Right, and that's like pretty much up close and personal territory. You know, the one the one study I read on it that talks about that it did seem like the ones that were more warded up gotten less frequent physical altercations. So there's some sort of visual visual cue there. Right. Like I have warts, I'm a badass. So Right. And no other goose gets warts. Right. Which is weird. Which is weird. There's so many weird questions I have about geese. Like why does every goose have a dwarf species of itself? Well and like technically the red breasted goose is is probably the dwarf species. Of something. Where's the greater? Whatever, whatever, the greater is probably whatever was in that fucking Egyptian tomb right? on that on that medium geese painting. So cool. It's got to be, because it looks very much like it. That's one of the coolest things we've we've ever talked about and covered. It's like, you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, for sure, that's the that's the greater version. Has to right. be. Right. Dude, you know what I kind of like? I, that, that whole medium geese thing that I like is... Okay, if you don't know, the medium geese is, it's looks like it's spelled medium, but it's spelled medium, M-E-I-D-U-M, geese. Google it. It's a painting that's like 6,500 or 4,500 years old. I butchered that. I don't know how old it is. Very. But it's one of the most complete, best masterpiece artworks ever found in ancient Egypt, and it's all fucking geese. Fucking waterfallers, dude. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, fucking waterfowlers. Like probably some pharaoh or some shit was like, I'm just hooked on wings, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what if one was? What if they're banded? Like what? If, like literally had something on their legs? We would freak the fuck out. Well, dude, they made these these fucking guys. Like they had agriculture. And yep, if you had sure. agriculture, you probably had geese in the agriculture. And then I'm sure you're hunting those geese, and it was fucking awesome. Throwing stones at them or arrows or something, yeah. Yeah, bows and arrows and stuff, I'm sure. That'd be, I mean, that'd be awesome. I agree. It'd be very well, cool. Well, it would be cool, no matter what. So I don't know. I think it's cool just to think, like, damn, like... As crazy as far back as you can think human society has ever, like, that we know about, there was people who were obsessed about the same shit that I am. Right. And no matter how different we were, or are, we're also very thousands much the same. and thousands <laughs> and thousands of years, like, damn, waterfowling heritage goes back as far back as anybody's ever ate ducks and geese, I guess, and then yeah. figured out that hunting them is fun as shit. <laughs> Also a true statement. Hey, what about the what about the Nini goose? Does that doesn't really have a a greater or lesser? There's just one of those. You're right. The Nini. No, 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 no. You're wrong. Because here, I'm gonna Google this right now. Um, extinct. Going to the Google. Oh, could be Ex- the same thing as the greater redbreast. Extinct Hawaiian giant goose. Put that in. <laughs> giant white. When did the giant Hawaiian goose go extinct? Similar to endemics, blah 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 blah. This goose went extinct sixteen hundred years ago. There's pictures of it. Well, there's drawings and computer modelings of what it will look like. Computer wow, well I don't know that that looks anything like the Right, who knows? The Moa Nalo. The Moa Nalo, the name literally means lost fowl. The plural and singular are the same. Were unknown to science, having been wiped out before the arrival of Captain James Cook until the 1980s, when their subfossil remains were discovered in sand dunes on the islands of Kauai and Mokalai. Blah blah blah. Giant geese, giant ducks. They said they couldn't fly. I read some research paper about them a while ago, a couple years ago. Wings to fight rather than fly. What's that I think one? That- goose that's got the giant hooks on its wings those things are wicked i for sure think that the nini goose is um an aleutian cackler really yeah for sure because it's okay the aleutian the geese the aleutian island cackling geese the aleutian cackling geese like if you put a pin on google earth and i've done this from like the number one island that they breed on which is close to Russia. Like, they they breed on the near islands of the Aleutian chains, and they're called the near islands because they're nearest to Russia. Hmm. So, like, you put a pin on them, and then you put a pin on the Sacramento Valley in California where they all go winter, and it's like 2,700 miles or something like that, or 2,800 miles. And then you do that from that pin on that near islands in the Aleutian chain, and you go to Hawaii, and it's like 1,700 miles. It's like 800 miles closer just to go to Hawaii than, the, than to go to Sacramento. And there are pictures 
on eBird of Aleutian cacklers in um, in Hawaii, like a couple of them. So some of them did go to Hawaii, like since eBird came out. I mean, I could see that, but like I, I don't know. I don't see. Although I'm looking at a close up picture of the Nene. Neat. Is it Nene or Nene? Whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. And like they got that cool neck, right, with the stripes right. kind of on it. But when that stops, there is almost a cheek patch. Well, there is a cheek white. There cheek is a cheek patch. patch. Yeah. And some of the illusion geese, some of the illusion cackling, you know, they have a really thick white neck ring. Mm-hmm. Some of it almost comes all the way up to their cheek patch, like in a throat bib, like in the front of their neck. So probably not too far removed. But I guess the Nini geese, um, they're a cackler-sized geese, but they have super long legs because they, um, I guess the grass native to Hawaii is a little taller, so they kind of adapted to walking around in taller grass, so they have a tall stature for a cackler, and they also have short wings, like they got this weird wing beat that doesn't look like a normal regular goose because they don't migrate, so they don't need as big of wing structures as their... Aleutian Island ancestors. Dude, this is some weird stuff. Going down a rabbit hole here. So look up. Um, <sighs> subfossil Hawaiian duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. There's like I've, seven, I've gone down this. I've pictures, done this. And they look so weird. They're like real stubby beaks. One's got a big giant growth on the top. Dude, these things are dinosaurs, man. Oh yeah, this yeah, is... yeah. That is a good thing. Natural selection. Yep. That's looks like I'm a duck at. and flies like a duck from Natural Selection blog. It's blah blah definitely blah. Definitely not a subfossil Hawaiian duck because they don't look wild. <laughs> these things look weird, dude. So I wanted to go down a pigeon hunting rabbit hole today as well on the show maybe we could save that for next week you know i'll tease it though how it all got started as i got a phone call from a guy that i that i he claimed that we met anyways we ended up talking for like 45 minutes about uv paint on duck and goose decoys right yep have you ever seen that before like where somebody advertises like yep you yeah it's i think flambeau had a paint where they mm-hmm. advertised it um i think that i think scott butts was before he made sx decoys was making paint or selling paint and i was like and he goes what do you think like do you think it makes he, and this guy was going like full nick j on adderall nerd style on it like really doing some <laughs> research <laughs> like he was deep researching this stuff and he had just and i I just told him, like, I do not think it matters for waterfall decoys or anything that we've been able to find, like, for hides or for UV reflection on clothing. Like, it doesn't, there's nothing that seems to make a difference. And the reason that I say that confidently is because there definitely is something going on with Pigeon's vision. And it did not take us very long to figure that out, like, as hunters, you know? Right. Like, pigeon decoys, um, they're worthless unless they are, unless they are real feathered, like taxidermied or frozen. Purple to green iridescent look to them. Right, and I I'm not even gonna go as 
so far as saying it's ultraviolet is what pigeons are seeing. I have absolutely no fucking idea what they're seeing, but they are seeing something. Um, they're attracted to two things. Like if you if you got a, a wheat field and you got some pigeons out there using it, how do you set up a spread for them the next day? Well, they're only attracted to two things that I know of. There I are attracted to a spinning wing decoy, which presents that like black to white flash. And they are attracted, maybe even more so, to de to real f feathers. Like the plastic, you cannot go out into a wheat field and just set out, you know, a bunch of silhouettes and go, all right, good to go. Like right. you're going to need to kill a few birds first. Like they're not going to lock up, like they're not going to hit the road and lock up and start soaring into your plastic decoy spread. They just, they won't. You need to have a spinner or a dead bird. Must have. Must have. Time now you might get some birds like pigeon stuff or decoys. I thought about that, but here was like one. <laughs> I actually like was getting it priced out, and I had a bunch saved for it. Um, smartest thing a really good pigeon hunter told me once about pigeon decoys. They said, "Take your three nicest birds from the end of your end of a hunt, put them in your freezer, use those three decoys, oh, uh, three birds go. as your decoys on your next hunt. So always be like replacing your right, just swap them out." Just swap them out because by the time you get done with your p pigeon hunt where you use those frozen birds in the morning, now they're gross. Take, uh, you know, your three freshes from that day, put them in your freezer next time you go out. So you're always just recycling them and then you don't have to worry about going to a taxidermist like I was about to do. That's a, <laughs> that's a good idea. I actually mounted a pigeon. They're not very hard to, to do yourself, actually, because they don't have, like, any fat on them. I suppose. You but can... anyways, going back to, like, waterfowl, like... The UV paint vision too. I was like, well, like, it didn't take me that long to figure out that pigeon decoys are worthless. Like, and if ultraviolet made a difference when it came to waterfowl, people would have figured that out a long, long time sure, ago. Sure, because people that maybe either had uh, decoys with UV or not would, you know, whichever the case may be, would either have far more success. Or less, you know, there would be right, some, exactly. you would see a pattern developing for sure. Exactly. Like, I can say confidently that your Tangle Free, your Soar No More, your Dive Bomb Pigeon decoys are literally garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> pigeons are not attracted to them. I can say that confidently. Um, As you go down to Squad Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Any, but, you know, people, people just desperately want pigeon hunting to be field duck hunting. Right. Um, and there's similarities. It's just not the same. It's just a different thing. Um, but I, I just think like that ancient pharaoh who painted those meet'em geese would have known. Don't you, you know, make sure we use stuffer goose decoys when we're hunting today. Like those dudes would have had it figured out. It wouldn't be us just figuring it out now. Well, who knows what they knew back in the day? Well, I, I don't think you've even makes any difference at all but i do think that if you tell people it does and advertise it and then maybe put some like fancy you like ultraviolet camera photos of your decoys next to a real bird people will buy it 100 <laughs> percent. because it, 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 there's just there's no getting away from like thinking you've stumbled onto something that nobody else has thought of yet and being like that'll give me the edge right right right, right. and then be like man these snow geese they just don't fucking like decoying um, I know what it is. It's ultraviolet paint. 
Like, you know, nobody painted their spread of 300 full bodies or whatever with ultraviolet paint and all of a sudden, boop, light switch and you know what I mean? Now it's just a, a thousand stack daily because I've got this spread that has ultraviolet paint on it, right? Boy, it's almost time to start thinking. Like, it probably is time to start thinking about pigeon hunting. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to do an episode on it. Once some, once some crops start getting harvested, or unless you know a cattle farm, those are always good for it. Big right, I'm going to... I got a couple spots lined up. I'll probably sell them because I have four days left before I can apply for my Wisconsin guide license. And um, once I get that guide license, I'm going to start selling hunts. There you go. So I'm going to have Sweet. a couple good pigeon bangers lined up. Nice. You want to go? Gonna be dope. Yeah, I want to go. Of course I want to go. That'll be 150 bucks, bro. Whatever. <laughs> hey with uh what gas costs these days 150 bucks is half of what it costs to scout now right there you go <laughs> i'm all about supporting supporting my buddy's businesses <laughs> well, it's like shit, when people want to go fishing with me for free it's like well i could take you fishing but you do know my guide now right <laughs> nobody wants to so pay could... it's like well then i guess we're not going fishing dude nobody wants to pay for shit i put no, my uh worst. bradley's I put my Bradley smoker on Facebook Marketplace for $40. It's a $450 smoker. And uh, not one person emailed me about it or messaged me about it. Like, huh. But And this happened to me. I put a, uh, I put a dining room table with four Five, chairs okay. up there, right? And uh, I put it up for 100 bucks. Zero messages. I said, fuck it. I turned it to $0. 28 messages overnight. <laughs> People are cheap, man. People are cheap. Yeah, dude, for real. Especially in Minnesota. Minnesotans might be the worst, dude. They might be the absolute worst. I don't know. Just try raising hunting licenses by $5 and people will lose their mind. For good reason. Let's fucking overthrow this government. (laughs) Storm the Capitol. Oh, wait. Somebody did that once. It's still a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Well, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to kick her down and go to bed. I've been like cleaning hunting equipment for the last two weeks and getting all my shit ready, and I'm exhausted. God, who does that? I I actually walked by a blind. I'm like, I guarantee you there's like three families of mice living in that fucker. Dude, I fucking <laughs> mothball. Oh, I, I put on my Snapchat, uh, what's the best mouse repellent? And I got dozens and dozens of responses to that. Most everybody said mothballs, dryer sheets. Dryer right? sheets, yeah. Then there was some brand at a Fleet Farm that a lot of people were, uh, fuck, I don't remember the brand name now, of some mouse repellent stuff. Somebody had an interesting uh, comment where they said, uh, get somebody's used cat litter and put it around your shed. Mm, That might work. Yeah, right? I was like, that's kind of actually, like, that makes more sense to me than dryer sheets. Yeah, except for for mice and rats that have that... um uh yeah disease where they're Uh, actually attracted to it yeah toxoplasmis toxoplasmosis yep that's the one yeah then they're actually attracted to it about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, super crazy or no uh what's that scientist that talks about it all the time that guy's fucking uh robert sapolsky yeah that dude's fucking dope if you look up his videos on youtube that stuff's super cool all right man well we'll uh 
if, do something on Squad Fest for next week, because I'll be up north fishing anyways. So probably more likely to be a solo episode anyways. All right, sounds good. I'll either do a solo pigeon thing, or I'll do a um, at Squad Fest over a point one two el- blood alcohol content. Yes, thing. do that. That's <laughs> that gets my vote for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to drink. Is what I told my wife as much. Actually, I didn't even drink there last year. I had a beer. Work on it. But it's kind of, dude, long drives and hangovers. Yeah. Um, and having I mean, that's the, fair like, point. Working in, working in the sun all day, uh, outdoors, eating terrible food, uh, sleeping in a motel, and then having a, like a nine-hour drive on Sunday. Like, just, hmm, do I want to be hungover for this? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, well, fair point. Well, I'm going to struggle through it anyways. That's right. <laughs> I don't want excuses. I want results. <laughs> All right. Well, check out the uh, Goose Tech app and uh, keep your eyes peeled for the new Nick Johnson signature life-size 4.6-inch goose call. Feels so natural in your hand. Um, and uh, what else mouth. do we got? Whoa. Well, I took, mean, you took that in a direction I was not expecting. I mean, expecting. that's where you put goose calls, right? I mean, I, I think that's how I use them, anyways. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, this one's a squeeze ball. No. Like, like the old, uh, like an old uh, car horn. Exactly. <laughs> not, a, not an English one, though. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, yeah, have a good one, and I'll let you know how Squad Fest goes next week. Definitely. Or we'll do a solo pigeon episode, or I'll do an episode at Squad Fest, or we could just do like multiple episodes every and all work i'm in all right man have fun dude later